We'll lift these to the Lord uh, this morning, and you pray in your own heart as I pray. Lord, we thank you that this is not just a time that we can go to sleep, and uh, uh, but Lord, it's a time that uh, we can come right into the very presence of your uh, throne room, right into your presence, Lord, because of the blood of Christ. We can come boldly to that throne because of the blood of Christ. Lord, I thank you that we have an intercessor who is ever interceding for us, and his name is Jesus. Lord, this morning, we lift to you uh, these requests, and Lord, I think of uh, Janice and uh, going through this rehab Lord, we continue to lift her to you and just comfort her and strengthen her. And Lord, may our eyes be fixed on you. Lord, I would pray for the reeds. And I thank you, Lord, for the blessing they were to us while they were here and, and their, their note of thanksgiving. Lord, I, I, it's, it's, it's always exciting to see you working in the hearts of others and you humbling us and drawing us to yourself. And, so we just pray for the reeds as they prepare. Lord, I pray for this young girl that's 14 or 15. Her name is Rebecca. And Lord, she uh, may have this Crohn's disease. And Lord, I thank you for that she has a good spirit and that she, uh, by your grace, will, will go through this. And yet, Lord, I know that Satan will attack her and... and do all he can to destroy her, but I pray, Father, that again she would fix her eyes on Jesus. You cast all of her cares upon you. We lift up Sue uh, Robinson to you that you would heal her. And um, uh, Lord, we also thank you for uh, Joshua and, and becoming uh, soon a prosecuting attorney uh, with, uh, with, as, a, as a jag. And uh, so, Father... Uh, uh, just bless him out there and use him. And Lydia, we, uh, Lord, again, we, we're thankful that, that she will be with us uh, for a time. But, Lord, we, we ask that you would just bless Lydia and, and Ryan as, uh, as they're apart for various reasons. Also, I lift up uh, uh, Leon Raines, uh, Leon Davis to you. And... Uh, who's going through this divorce. And Lord, it's, uh, we, we know in your word that you hate divorce. And Lord, but I pray for uh, uh, guidance and wisdom and strength for him. And Lord, we again praise you. We thank you. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, in God's Word, Romans chapter 14, we're actually in another chapter, can you believe it? (laughs) Uh, But here we are. What to do when Christians differ? 
over non-essentials. What to do when Christians differ over non-essential. Let's read uh, uh, Romans 14, 1 through 9. And really, this topic goes through Romans, I know 15, 7 for sure, and, uh, but uh, we're just going to deal mainly with these first nine verses. Uh, but this is uh, uh, the time that Paul spends on this, and also in 1 Corinthians, uh, it's an important topic for all of us. And so just the amount of time that he spends on this shows us that it's important. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not, or the idea is abstains, for the Lord he does abstain and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Uh, A lot here. And uh, so let's see what we can do this morning to maybe make some sense from this. Uh, It's it's pretty explanatory, I think. But uh, Paul says... uh, there's going to be differences in the church. Do you think that's true? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought we all just agreed on everything. And, of course, you know I don't believe that. But, uh, uh, yes, we do differ. But what is he saying? And I'm talking about on non-essentials now. I'm not talking about the fundamentals of the faith, uh, the virgin birth and so forth. But on these non-essentials, we, we differ. And so what does he say? Start another church. Is that what he says? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, you can't, it's just not there. And yet, that's what happens many times. And that's sad. It's sad that that happens. And we've all been involved in it. I've been involved with it on two, at least two or three occasions. And that's not something I'm proud of uh, because I was wrong in some of those things that I did to have that happen when I look back on it. And so, uh, then is unity possible? And that's what Paul is saying here. Yes, it is. That's exactly what he says. Because unity is traced back to what it means to love each other as a body of Christ. We see in chapter 14, the theme remains the same. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And we saw that in Romans 13 and verse 9. 
So the, the specific issue in Romans chapter 14 is how can a church hold together when the members are so different from each other on non-essential things? And Paul sums up that difference by saying that some have weak faith and some have strong faith. We see that in uh, chapter 14, 1. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but uh, not for the purpose of passing judgment. Also in chapter 15 in verse uh, 1 it says, Now we who are strong, that is in faith, are to bear the weaknesses of those without strength or weak in faith, and not just please ourselves. So this is, this is a big topic that he's talking about, and we'll spend several weeks, I guess, on it. But uh, unity must be in the church for the church to survive. And, you know, I'm thankful that since I've been here, and by God's grace, that has not occurred. And I am so thankful. And, and that is the Lord's doing. It is not my doing. Amen. Now, do we get bent out of shape over a few things? Or do we disagree on Yes, we do. And I've had people come to me and, hey, I understand. You know, and, and I do. Uh, because I understand uh, that people differ. And I have differed. With, with what the preacher said at times, and even gone to the preacher and say, Preacher, what about this? Or, or that, or the other thing. And it was over non essential things. But uh, uh, there must be unity. Unity springs from a proper love from God and others. Unity, not in opinions, unity in relationships. Unity in relationships. As a husband and wife, friends, whatever. It has to be there. We have seen how to love one another in, in, in uh, Romans uh, chapter 13. So, what brings disunity into the body? I believe it's fighting over non-essentials. Getting bent out of shape over stuff that really just doesn't matter. Now, again, it matters to us. I understand that. But uh, do we throw a temper tantrum and storm out of the church over some non-essential? Something that we all need to, to examine ourselves over. Because uh, I've been guilty of it. I have done that. And so I'm not, as the song that we uh, sang, I'm not pointing a finger at you because there are three pointing back at me. Okay? And so I'm not uh, the mighty one here with, with all... Uh, uh, who lives in perfection by any stretch. So this is a message for me. Uh, it comes from a selfish motive. It's, you know, I'm right. You're wrong. End of story. What is that? Nothing more than pride. Remember how you spell pride? P-R-I-D-E. Selfish motive. A desire to be right. To judge someone who is wrong in a minor area. In a non-essential. Having an attitude of, I'm right, you're wrong. And let me tell you about it. You need to be like me. I've got it right. Boy, have I done that before. 
And it was very harmful, too, by the way. And I could tell you some stories. But, uh, you know, there are things that I've held for 30 and 40 years that I had to say, I was wrong about that. That's tough. That is tough to do. When you hold something for so long and then you realize, you know what, it's not exactly the way I thought it was. Where does this sinful behavior come from? Well, we found that out in chapter 13 and verse 14. It comes from a sinful nature. We're fallen. Even though we have God's spirit, we're his child, we still have that fallen nature. And uh, we, need to, uh, we need to examine our hearts. Be careful in a church forming cliques. A little group that wears coat and ties. And you sit separate in one little spot. You know, we don't sit with people who, who don't have a coat and tie on. Now, you, you're, you're thinking, that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does. And I'm going to give you an example in just a minute. But uh, it comes from a sinful heart. Pride. As we find in verse 4 of this chapter 14, you know, uh, we are not other people's master. Christ is. On non-essential things. Now, if it's a fundamental of the faith, it's, if it's, you know, the virgin birth and so forth, yeah, we've got, I've got a, a fight. You know, I'm going to stand up for truth. But in the church, there are weak and strong Christians in their faith. And so divisions arise. Uh, verse 3, it says that the strong in faith looks down on the weaker brother and says, you know, if you knew what I know, you would be as right as I am. Oh, what hurts about that is I've done that before. And maybe you too, if you think back in, in uh, your life. The weaker looks at the strong in faith, brother, and says, how could you possibly do that? And he looks down on the other person and condemns him. And may even say, that guy's got to be going to hell. I've done that too. over non-essential things. What does Paul say about that? Both are wrong. Quit it! Stop it! Stop doing that! Is what he's saying. You're both wrong. Now he says here, he gives uh, these non-essentials like meat, days, and wine uh, that we read about. Uh, non-essentials is where the Bible does not give clear teaching on a certain area. And brothers and sisters, we need wisdom to know what a non-essential is. And you need to pray about this. Uh, Where there is no black and white from God on the matter. Where there is no thus saith the Lord. Like stealing, murder, marrying an unbeliever, homosexuality, 
uh, ordination of women. The scripture is very clear about those areas. Okay? And, and those are fundamental things. That I, I, now, you may disagree on that. Uh, but uh, I think those are pretty clear. But God wants unity in the diversity of opinions on uh, essentials like, and I'm going to list some here. A matter of fact, a whole bunch of them. So I'm, I'm going to get you. <laughs> no, I'm not. But uh, I, want, I want just to, for you to think about this. Because, you know, I've, I do this all the time. And, and, you know, I go, oh, there I go again, judging somebody, looking down on them, uh, talking about them. Maybe you don't do that, but I struggle with that. Uh, what are some of these non-essentials? Uh, going to the movies. TV in your home. And uh, I remember a man saying one time, look, I have... A pipe that takes the waste out of my home. I don't need another one coming into my home. That was his view. He called it the idiot box. And hey, that is true. But does that mean that you, well, we don't want to get into, uh, <laughs> but I think you see what I'm saying. All right, how about uh, recreation on Sunday? Did you ever see Chariots of Fire with Eric Little where he runs the race? And why? Because he was scheduled for a heat on Sunday in the Olympics and he wouldn't do it. Now you might say, well, he should have done that. What's the big deal? Well, because his conscience would not let him do it. Right or wrong, his conscience wouldn't allow him to do it. And of course, if you've seen the movie, uh, it's, it's, I cry every time I watch it. Because here's a, a young man who's standing up for truth. He, he, he is not going to sin against his conscience and what he really believes. And he is honoring the Lord with what he's going to do. And this same man later went to, uh, to China as a, as a missionary and did uh, uh, great things, but also was killed there by the uh, communists. Alcohol in moderation. Better be careful, it leads to drunkenness. It's like driving a car because you might get killed, you know, or, or what have you. Participation in contact sports. You hurt people when you hit them in football. Is that right? You see what I'm saying? These, these are areas of non essentials. Uh, using a Bible translation other than the King James Version. Makeup on women, jewelry on women, uh, beards on men, uh, hair over the ears on men, women's haircuts above the shoulder, mixed bathing. And I never called it, did you ever call it mixed bathing? I don't go out there and take a bath, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I don't use soap and, you know, no, it's swimming, you know. But that's a big issue with a lot of people. Playing cards, gambling for recreation. Smoking, dancing, women wearing pantsuits to church, church pews, and not chairs. I'm serious, people. I am not kidding you. Traditional music, hymns, but no contemporary music. Raising tobacco, 
playing guitars in church. Oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, these are not, don't take all these to heart. But I'm just saying there's some people who are offended by anything you're going to do for the Lord in the church. We sing a song, not everybody's going to like it. You know, it's what is my point is. Uh, you're not going to, you're going to differ with what's going on. Uh, listening to rock music. Kissing before you're married. Women wearing skirts above their knee. Going to a psychiatrist. White bread versus whole wheat bread. Now you say, oh, you've gone too far now. You think so, huh? Uh, uh, the pastor who married Janine and I was in a pretty large church, several hundred people. And there was in that church a clique started with health food nuts. And these health food nuts thought it was sinful to eat white bread. Now you say, you're kidding, right? No. The church split over brown bread and white bread. Remember, uh, Latimer told us that. And he said it broke his heart. And he's a wonderful preacher and teacher. And I had him at Bob Jones in school. And godly man. And yet Satan used that to, to split the church. Do's and don'ts of other people. Gee, I can't even handle the Ten Commandments. Amen. I don't need all your rules and regulations. I'm sorry. You know, if, if you, you, you know, consciously, if you've got to keep something, keep it to yourself. Amen. <laughs> I, I mean, and, I, and I say that in love uh, because, you know, I guarantee you in this church, there are different convictions on each one of these. If we, you know, how many believe half of them would be raised and half of them would be raised on all of these? You'd have different convictions, and you should. See, I'm not, Paul is not saying don't have convictions. He's just saying on these non-essentials, don't try to win your neighbor to what you believe in on non-essentials. You see, that's not essential. Convictions. Convictions. Boy, I can see we're not going to make it through this. But that's Okay. Because we can come back. I've got nine pages and I'm on number two. <laughs> and that's okay too. How do you form convictions? I think there are several things. Number one, we must adopt the proper life focus. The proper life focus. Verse 8 says, we live for the Lord. That's who we live for. We don't live to please others. Boy, I've known, I've just known some people, you know, that's just, they're afraid to do anything because I might offend somebody. And then you have the other extreme is, they don't care about anybody. They're going to run over them because they're free in Christ. So you have the extremes, don't you? And you know, So we need to be sensitive to the needs of others. We live for the Lord. Not for ourselves.
Ask yourself this, and for, as far as for, forming conviction, can I thank God for it, whatever it happens to be? Can I thank God for it? Uh, can you hold up a glass of wine and say, I thank God for this? Now, personally, I think you can, okay? But you may not, and that's fine. We just choose to differ on that, because why? The Bible says, wine makes the heart glad. You say, I didn't go look it up. It's there. But does that mean that I abuse it or I force it on you to, to drink it when you have? No. That's just my conscience before God. It's, not, it's one of those non-essential things in the Scripture. So this is what Paul is driving at here. It's a matter of conscience. How do you form convictions? Ask the right question. Does the Bible speak about this? Is it profitable? Is it lawful? Is it self-satisfying? Or is it self-satisfying at the expense of someone else's benefit? You know, that's where love comes in. Is not offending uh, your brother. Not causing your brother to stumble. This is what Paul is talking about. You know, I believe Paul ate Ham sandwiches and bacon sandwiches. And he was a Jew, but, you know, he, had, he was free. But you know what? I bet he wouldn't do it in front of a new convert that came out of Judaism, that was a Jew and had all these traditions that he was following. He didn't go, see what I can do. No, no, he, he understood Because he was one. And so I understand. You know. So convictions change. As God opens our heart to the truth in God's word. And then we have a conscience that we live by. So thirdly. Under convictions. Allow your brother to determine his own convictions. Don't make his convictions yours. Because they will differ from yours and just don't judge him. That's really where, it, where it, uh, the rubber meets the road here. So, what does it mean to be weak in faith? What are their traits? The weak brother that we read about here, weak in faith, avoided meat and wine. Did you notice that? And and Paul calls them weak because these things are lawful. These things, it's okay to do. But it says, though, that uh, they avoided them. And so Paul is saying, I think, to the strong in faith, avoid meat and wine at times so as not to cause your brother to stumble. And we find that in verse 21, which we didn't get to. Very clear. Don't cause him to sin because of your liberty. Okay? So we have to be sensitive in this area. The weak avoid meat and wine, and the strong are free to eat and drink anything. And then we see the weak brother, secondly, uh, uh, avoidance of meat and wine is not sinful. 
It's not sinful to avoid those things because it is a God-exalting behavior. Notice it is weak faith. It does not say it is not faith. Because remember in, in verse 23 of chapter 14 in Romans there it says, whatever does not proceed from faith is what? Sin. And this is proceeding out of the heart of a weaker brother. To him it is sin, you see. But it is proceeding from faith. And we need to understand that. The weak are acting from weak faith, not unbelief. There's a huge difference there. The one who abstains does so to honor God and give Him thanks. Notice that's in verse 6 of Romans 14 when you read that. They're doing it to honor God and give thanks by their abstaining. In other words, it's coming out of their heart. And But the one who eats meat and drinks wine, that also is honoring to God and pleasing to God. Because, after all, it's not meat and drink. It's not about that. It's not about that. We make it that, but it's not about that. No. God looks at the heart. The heart in these matters of non-essentials. Also, thirdly, the weak don't abstain uh, because they think it's their justification. They're not legalists like the Judaizers were in uh, Galatia. Remember when we went through the book of Galatians? Boy, I bet you couldn't believe I went that long without showing a verse, could you? <laughs> There's a whole different scenario here. These Judaizers were saying that you had to be circumcised to be saved. That's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about a weaker brother, okay? It was for freedom that Christ sets us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision for salvation is the idea, if you read the context, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision, that is for salvation, that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. If you want to be saved by, if you want to be saved by keeping the law, that's fine. But guess what? You've already failed because you have to observe everything. Who was the only one who did that without sinning? Christ was. He is our substitute. And we're trusting him now for something that we couldn't do ourselves which is keep the law. And I testify again uh, to to keep the whole law. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, and this is verse 6, skipping to verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, see, those who are in Christ saved, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But what, what matters is faith working or expressing itself through love. Wow. Wow, without preaching the book of Galatians again, uh, uh, I I hope you understand that. You see, they were teaching a false gospel. This is what Paul was concerned about 
in, in the book of Galatians. I am amazed, he says in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Christ who called you by the grace of Christ for a, a different gospel. See, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a gospel at all, which is really no other, only there are some who are dis, uh, disturbing you and want to distort the gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached, uh, to you, he is to be accursed. That's pretty, that's pretty severe. And we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. <clears throat> Excuse me, he is to be accursed. And uh, so this is not the weak person that he's talking about. This is a believer. This is not someone who's preaching another gospel. Just want to make that clear because if not, that can be... Uh, and, and really... I think Paul is writing to this church, and who is in this church that he's writing to? Jews and Gentiles. And so there's a lot going on in here. You know, here are the Gentiles, and I think really they're the strong in faith that he's talking about. They're free. They never were under that yoke of bondage, that all those traditions and all of those laws that they had to keep. The Jews are coming out of that, and they still have it as baggage. And they've got to learn, no, 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 you don't have to do that anymore. Christ has completed that. You know, he, was, he is your perfect sacrifice. Uh, and so, uh, but anyway, there were some there, the weak, who regarded uh, 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 wine and meat, and probably he's talking about kosher wine and meat, and kosher means prepared according to Jewish dietary laws and so they, they had a real problem and so they regarded this uh, as uh, uh, in some sense unclean now you'll find that in verse 14 of Romans uh, 14 and uh, in Acts but see they, they probably didn't understand in Acts 10 what happened to Peter and the vision that he had and it says a voice came to him get up Peter kill and eat but Peter said, by no means, and of course these were things that he was not allowed to eat. These were all kinds of beasts and creeping things, it says. In other words, bugs and snakes, and this is the vision he had. So he says, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean. And again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. Did you know you can eat anything you want to? Amen. Let's go out and eat some snakes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But you're free to do it because there is no food that's, that's unclean. Now, it may be unlawful. You know, you can't go and shoot yourself up with heroin because why? That's unlawful. That's against the law, you see. And there's a, this is, this is uh, important to understand all of this. But uh, ask yourself this. Ask yourself, uh, am I in, in the weak in faith or I, am I in the strong in faith category? Whoa. Think about that. Would you consider yourself the weak in faith category or the strong in faith category? You know, I think the weak here thinks that they were honoring God more 
by their abstaining. You know, I've heard people say, I want you to know wine has never touched these lips. Well, whoop-de-doo. I'm sorry. You see the attitude there, though. It's like they're more holy than you are because of all these do's and don'ts that they, they do and don't do. Oh, God deliver us from that. And a church from that. Amen. That we don't walk around with binoculars. Oh, look at that. Boy, I'm telling Whoa, uh, can you believe? Whoa. That's not God honoring. Amen. And God hates that. I think they were wrong in thinking this. You know, they really lacked the knowledge that they needed. They really lacked the knowledge that they needed. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 through 8, we're almost done. And yet I'm on page (laughs) 3. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and, and we exist for Him. I think that's key. What is he saying? God is the creator and he's made everything. And one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all things uh, are all things. In other words, he's the creator. And we exist through him. However, not all men have this knowledge. See, a lot of times it's just, people just don't know. They just don't know. They haven't taken time. They've just made up their mind. And this is what my mama told me 45 years ago. And I'm sticking with it because I love my mommy idea. No. They, do, they don't understand. Uh, but some being accustomed to the idol until now eat food as it were a sacrifice to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. But food what does it say here people? But food will not commend us to God. We are neither the worst if we do not eat that means abstain, or better if we do eat it. Whoa, did that just kind of destroy your health food uh, thoughts? And You know, I think all the dietary laws we find in the Old Testament had nothing to do whether the food was good or bad to eat. No, because God was trying to keep these Jews separated from the world. has nothing to do... In other words, it's not okay. Pork used to be bad to eat for you, but now God has made it good for you to eat. So, Peter, now you can eat it. Pork hasn't changed. See, it never was, never had anything to do whether it was, well, they didn't have refrigeration in those days. Oh, give me a break. You see what I'm saying? Boy, we make mountains out of molehills. And we try to take our thoughts and cram them into the Bible. But what, is, uh, what we need to see is what God is telling us here. You know, God has made meat and wine. And if your conscience doesn't say, I can't do that, then do it. It's okay. Not to excess. And that happens, you know. You better not do that because it may lead to. Boy, I tell you, that's a real, you know. Where's the Holy Spirit in that? Now, we have to be careful, but 1 Corinthians, we're done. 1 Corinthians 10, 25, and 26. Eat everything that is sold in the marketplace without asking questions for conscience sake. And then he says it again, for the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. 
He's made it all. Enjoy it all. If it's lawful and profitable, you see. Let me ask you this morning. Which category are you in? Are you a weak or a strong believer? Not, and not only that, because you can be wrong being a strong believer and you can be wrong being a weak believer. Because in one sense, you're examining everything somebody's doing and you're condemning them, you're judging them. You're, God says, don't do it, stop it. Because it's non-essential. It's non-essential. Examine your heart this morning. Are you a condemning person? I have been at times and, and still am in some, in some ways. Uh, and, I, and I fight that. We all struggle with that. But let's love one another. We know we have passed from death unto life because we love one another. And we have differences. Get used to it. Accept it. And we're going to see that uh, next time. The positive aspect. And if you notice here, he says, what do you do about all this? Accept them the way they are. Love them the way they are. Don't try to change them. Let's pray. Father, this morning, Lord, what a huge topic. What, Lord, is just overwhelming because we're such Pharisees. Uh, we're recovering Pharisees because we're your child. But, Lord, we still struggle with the do's and don'ts and the laws, traditions of other people and Lord, we've been doing it for 40 years, coming on Wednesday night or something, and it can't be on Thursday because Wednesday's holy, Lord. And yet you've told us, no, it's not about that at all. It's your heart. Lord, Lord let us examine our heart. Convict us, Lord, where we need convicting. In Jesus' name, amen.